0: This summer Grand Carnival is taking over Kings Island from June 15th to July 7th. Experience the opening ceremony every afternoon when the park erupts with sights, sounds, and flavors from around the world. Be surrounded by the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade that sweeps across the park at twilight and showers guests with beads. And enjoy unique food, drinks, and live music at the huge Grand Carnival Street Party all night. Don't miss the celebration as big as the park. Get the best deal on tickets at VisitKingsIsland.com. It's amazing
2: On this shortened special edition of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, we talk about MLS Cup and our instant reactions after watching the match. We also dive into deep MLS offseason talk as offseason already began one day after a final ended. All this on this week's episode of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast.
1: Oh, Armand, we're back to normal. No live show. Uh, that's kind of sad. I like the live show. That was fun. A lot of fun. Welcome yep. to this edition of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Steven Jodder I'm on Kafi. It's shortened up just a little bit. It's one day after MLS Cup. Why not make it shortened, you know? Um, plenty to get to off-season. We just ended the regular regular season to the postseason, but we just ended... It, it, it's just crazy how quick MLS likes to move along. Stupid.
2: We we've jumped around from oh yeah Toronto won the MLS Cup to oh wow we have trades to oh wow the expansion draft is like in a couple days. Yeah,
1: I think it's, it's, yeah. MLS. I don't know what MLS is thinking. And uh, I saw a tweet by somebody: uh, forty four days to some training camps are starting up. That's crazy. To think about man. So uh, you want to talk about MLS screwing themselves with the schedule? Ah, uh, yeah. Here here's a classic example: nine million years to do the playoffs, and then. Less than 24 hours to pretty much start the next year. I mean, could you imagine if you're front the front office is of Toronto? Like, you just won the cup, and then you have to put out a roster for expansion.
2: Who yeah, it kind of sucks, to be honest. Oh,
1: God, is that... Let's talk about the game, Ramon. Let's live, relive the moments. Um, what what it, overall thoughts? I thought it was a really boring game.
2: I think it was boring, but I think it was boring because Toronto played so well. If that makes any sense, I think Toronto, man, the, the last two years they felt the same. Toronto dominated Seattle in 2016, but just couldn't get that goal. And this year, you're thinking is more of the same, but they dominated them again. I mean, kudos uh, Steph- to Greg Vanny.
1: Yeah, well, it's definitely Fry in the first half, save after save. I mean, you thought, okay,
2: here comes a goal, here comes a goal. Could have been five nothing at the end of the game. It was, it was honestly a game where I was actually very shocked because Seattle came out in that more bunkered way. And I, I don't know. They, like I said in the pregame show, it was the way they were uh, going to adjust to the pressure that was coming at them. They couldn't handle the pressure and they're just constantly being flaked with uh, attempt shot on target, this, that, and they were not getting possession. I think they might've had like two or three shots on goal this yeah. year. I mean, it, well, was, it was here, it was a poor performance. It was a terrible
1: performance, and we're going to get to the players specifically, but I just want to g- give out the overall statistics of some of the games, because I thought this is really interesting to point out. Overall shots, just off target, on target, 22-7, to 11-2 on target. As far as passing, uh, they were both consistent in passes made about uh, 84% to uh, 81 but... The passes completed is real interesting because you thought it felt like Toronto really dominated the possession and the passing, but it's only five twenty one to three ninety nine Armand, and then if you look at the possession stats, it's only fifty six and a half to forty three. Now, what inflates that number a little bit is the final you know fifteen minutes where Seattle went after it to try to get the 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 tying goal.
2: I mean. I really didn't think the Seattle had a uh, a valid, valid, a great chance throughout the match, to be honest. A clear-cut opportunity. That's the word.
1: Yeah, I mean, they had three corners. They had two shots on target.
2: Two. Didn't Toronto – how many corners did Toronto have? Cause I could have sworn they had like nine at one point. Eleven. Yeah, they were piling the pressure. I – I honestly, if you're a Seattle fan, I think I'd be disappointed at, at, at that performance. I mean, well, he, I, I thought they would come out, you know, like maybe some guns blazing. I mean, I understand going defensive in the cup final also on the road, but I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it comes back to what we had Spencer on, right? And and he was saying it's loose and teamed, who cares, you know, if they lose. And I'm saying, oh, that's such a wrong mentality. You deserve to lose if that's your mentality. Now, I'm not, I'm not blaming Spencer for that. But you know he's around the team, he covers them, and this is what his thoughts are. And I'm sitting there going like, that—that's not a good sign. If you're te- if if you, if the reporter or the media guy gets, you know, the perception that yeah, you know, they're they're okay with it, we're happy to be here, then you, wh- what's the point of even playing the game? Go ahead and just give the cup to uh Toronto before it, you know. Don't even go through the the motions of playing a soccer game.
2: I mean, sure, like like Toronto wanted it more than Seattle this year. Oh, absolutely.
1: And the fans I are mean, awesome. I mean, I
2: feel like it's a, it's a dumb thing to say. I mean, of course, every player wants to win a championship. But just the desire side of things, you can see Bradley and Altidore really just wanted to get that monkey off their back. The the, the whole national team, this, that, I think they want to end their year on a good note.
1: I mean, they definitely did. And and credit to Bradley, credit to Altidore, that When it came to nut-cutting time, both of them stepped up big. Those two players definitely showed up. And, you know, I... The post game interview, uh, just minutes after you know they had won it, he was on the side talking. I think the Taylor Twelve man, and and, and he was just—you can tell how emotional he was. He, he was it didn't seem like he was going to cry, but
2: he just didn't have the words to convey anything. Yeah, and it—he—he he deserved it. He's been an integral part of the team, and I mean, kudos, kudos both them and kudos Toronto from turning around a team that was, uh, I would say, awful. For the longest time, into a team that is very good, great fan base. Um, the team itself is is awesome to see. They've pumped in the money. The stadium is beautiful. The fan support is beautiful. Uh, it, that was a culmination of all the frustration Toronto had ever since they came in as expansion side till now. And I think it's great to see for Toronto fans, especially after the heartbreak they had last year. Yeah, and, and now Toronto has. You know,
1: transformed into a uh, an established organization. You know, and, and and it's a class act. It's MLS's class act. Them Seattle, um, you know. And the question is, what wh- what do you define a class act in MLS? Because it's it's so different. Yeah, you you can win trophies, but is LA Galaxy a class act? I don't think so.
2: I think so. You have to you have to put a Galaxy in there. Um, as of late. No, but overall, yes, the Galaxy have been one of the most dominant teams throughout MLS. And looking through that, I mean, you could honestly make a case for DC being a... a even though people don't think DC is a good team now, from how what many they cops were in earlier... One? Four, A right? lot. Yeah, four. Mm-hmm. Some... Yeah, and... And with the new stadium, but then I would,
1: you know, Armand, I would contest that Orlando City is a, and Atlanta United have some sort of relevancy in the league. Those two organizations are making splashes. They have beautiful, well,
2: well, I think the difference between a class act and a uh, a model organization, the a model organization, you can say Atlanta organization has been, uh, has, has done something, and and whatnot, a class act. A, a team with history, with pride. Well, okay. I think you'd but, have to go with uh, – have, have to go with like a D.C. and a L.A. over a – Not Atlanta. a class act. Atlanta. They just have
1: history. They have tradition. MLS tradition in, in, in quotation marks.
2: Well, yeah. So, I mean, as good organizations, we've seen Atlanta willing to spend the cash. We've seen Orlando willing to invest in infrastructure and whatnot. And you can say those teams are atop in pushing the league to the next level. Now – in terms of, I guess historically, I mean,
1: is is this 2017 the best side MLS has fielded? I I say so, but everybody's oh greatest ever, greatest ever. I'm like the league's been around 22 years. It, it, it's honestly not that hard. And more the league was like, you would think every new MLS Cup champ is probably a little bit better than the early stages. Like it, it's it's. You would that statement is kind of stupid to say. Of course, to the greatest ever, most points they go with the fake trouble. Um, congratulations, but to to make that saying that the greatest ever isn't saying much considering the league's twenty two years old and where it's come from.
2: Yeah, I mean the be- the best teams. I don't like when people compare teams to be honest, but I think it's natural for us to compare teams. Like just enjoying well, what we see. But, but the- I promise you, I promise you, within the next two or three years, there's new implementations of TAM and um, – GAM, SAM, and, and the, LAM, the, yeah. The, 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 the new rules are having, having we're going to see a team that's going to be considered the best team in MLS in, well, within two or three years. Yeah, no, and, and, and let's think about it. In NBA,
1: NFL, it's always – it's hard to compare decades. And I think MLS is definitely going to start having that trend. How are you going to compare the early years of MLS – or even the the Beckham with LA Galaxy years to, to this Toronto, that you're able to spend more money. Of course you're going to have greater teams. Of course you're going to have greater talent. Of course you're going to have bigger stadiums and nicer stadiums and all this. It, it, it's a non – I I just think it's a stupid argument to make because that's what you want is you want the league to get better and you want the next champion to be a little bit better than previous. At at some point – you know, the MLS is going to level out, but we're still in the growing phase.
2: No, yeah, exactly. And we're going we're gonna to see these arguments pop up. Oh, is this the greatest team ever? What was this? And, you know, like, there might be the greatest team ever. But yeah. we yeah. can say this Toronto, for what they are, for what they've done compared to other teams, in probably one of the toughest leagues, in MLS, and probably one of the toughest years, like you said, it's improved every single year. They had the most points mm-hmm. ever in MLS history. And they've won the MLS Cup, so I think they've cemented themselves as probably the best.
1: All right, let's, let's talk. A, yeah, I agree. Let's talk a little bit about the game. Uh, back to the Seattle perspective. Now we focus on what happened. Man. I mean, I I thought every player outside of Stefan Fry was poor. It seemed like it was one on a v eleven the entire
2: game. I am really disappointed by the way uh, Seattle came out. Um, it seemed like they were just waiting for that right moment. Um, if you guys watched the Manchester derby uh, today, I feel like it was almost the exact same match, uh, to be honest with you, except uh, City, uh, United got that goal off a City a City air. Um, but overall, they didn't play that well. They struggled. They, they couldn't connect passes throughout the match, and... And you wonder, were they too loose? I mean, that's obviously going to be a criticism that's going to come back if they were like this. Were they too loose going in? Yeah. And did they think? Did they? And did they think they could uh, deploy the same strategy they did last season oh, and get just, a result?
1: Then, then S- Smasher needs to get blame. Take a lot of the blame. Um, I want to give credit to Vanny for switching up the the formation because it worked. Typically, you don't see that in the finals. And
2: the thing is, it didn't work against Columbus, but nope. he. Uh, uh, but he switched to it and yeah. it did work. So kudos to him.
1: Kudos to him. And, and at the end of the day, he rolled. But I thought every player, it, Ladero, the number ten for Seattle. Oh, was he awful? Disappeared. I mean, I it was a ghost. Uh, uh, he was chasing shadows. Anytime he touched the ball, he was, uh, he was losing it. Couldn't complete pass. It was just. It was a bad performance from Seattle. And and going forward. It seems like Seattle might be going through a little bit of a of a, I don't know, rebuilding phase, it feels like. Like, what are they going to bring that's new? Do they have the money to spend? I mean, and and it's like in soccer or in football, in in Europe, you're able to go, okay, you know what? We need to go buy player X, Y, and Z. In Major League Soccer, it's not that simple. You can't simply go say, oh, we need X. Let's go buy them. You have to get creative. You have to find solutions. You have to find, you know, you have to trade this and then do that, or maybe you get a homegrown. But I don't know. I and I thought Seattle was was lacking. I don't know. What, what do you think l- lacked Seattle the most? Was it going forward in the middle? Honestly, Alonzo missing
2: was Alonzo. I, I had, missing? I, was Alonzo, you know? Was no, it- I don't think it was Alonzo missing. I do think though that the combination of everyone having an absolutely a blunder of a game led to them looking just lethargic offensively, especially. I think. Will Bruin really was really bad throughout the match. Even though he had a great playoff, I think it was really bad throughout the match. Uh Loderick like said, disappeared. Dempsey, I mean, he was But is not
1: Dempsey coming to the end now? I mean, they're going I think they're going to work on a new contract with Seattle. I think they're
2: they're extending him one more year, I think. And he he'll, he'll probably be gone and then you end up having uh who was it? Uh Rodriguez. Rodriguez created a couple opportunities here and there and Jordan Morris get,
1: coming off the bench, you think he Jordan came Morris. on a little
2: too late. Yeah, I do think so. I think they should have made some adjustments around the 60th. I think they uh, did it a little too late. Um, I I think the issue uh, they, it wasn't working. I think they needed some sort of tactical change, and I, yeah. I never saw it come. I never saw it. I never saw it coming. And um, uh, but like I said, the way they deployed Michael Bradley as kind of like a third center back yeah. for Toronto, uh, I thought was very interesting and. You know, like, again, credit to Greg Vanny, who people have said he's not the most tactical guy. I think he proved, is, and proved some he people proved are you wrong. Were wrong. He's MLS coach of the year for a reason.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, and this is a strange year because this, this is one of the few years that in recent memory that you're able to say the best team in the regular season went on to win MLS Cup.
2: And I think you could say the best two teams in the regular season met in the MLS Cup final. I'm just, uh, I, think, I think Seattle don't want to have the game back. I think they want to have the game back, and... They would want to. Well they had you
1: know. they had chance to you know to go into history books as one of the few clubs to you know repeat. You know, yeah, I think it was they were gonna join Houston, LA Galaxy. LA. And that's it, I think.
2: No nobody in the early years. No, I don't think so. I think I maybe DC United. I think DC United would have I back think DC to United back. did it. Yeah, but I mean like I like 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 I said, it was it was a really big issue between Seattle and and actually getting this game, the game going, look a little lethargic. And hopefully they end up I don't know what's gonna happen with Seattle because you're right, they are entering a stage where they might need to move around some pieces. Yeah. Excuse me, some pieces. Um uh, Lodero isn't that isn't that young and um Dempsey's obviously going to look look like he's gonna retire. I mean Bruin isn't really that young. Uh you have Morris, but I mean he's benched. I mean yeah, I mean no, I he's coming gonna... off injury, but it'll if. be
1: interesting and and from Toronto quickly going forward we'll be seeing because you know you still have the core and then the question is who are they going to bring on and what it, you know in Toronto sights and and there should be CONCACAF Champions League i hate to be that guy i don't care if, if toronto go win the canadian cup and the supporter shield next season the two trophies they should be gunning for and the first one is CONCACAF Champions League make i think if,
2: they, i think they can get it too i easily. i do too because
1: i think if 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 they really want to put their stamp in the history books if they really want to cement what tfc is and what this organization stands for and to build a legacy as a foundation and then just kind of just push all, a bunch of clubs and mls back is to go in the Concacaf Champions League because, and compete in the Club World Cup, and then go complete. In the, yeah, it, you. I mean, what did Josie Altidores tweet out? This is the greatest city. I mean, I. You know, this will attract. I think people in Europe, players in Europe, will turn their head and go. The organization knows what what to do to win. They win. They have the money. They will spend the money to make sure. There is, the infrastructure of the stadium is beautiful. This, it's an international city. So, yeah, it's cold, but Manchester is cold, you know? So, yeah, there's snowing today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I think it'd be really interesting to see what Toronto does in the next four months with, with Champions League and that draw coming up soon. We're going to see. Yeah, so um, as MLS, you know, just crowned toronto we're already in the off season with a ton of moves being made and the expansion draft oh and i we're gonna take a quick break here on the other side i'm gonna get to quick tv ratings i'm gonna we'll talk to armand about that listeners follow us on twitter at Unc sam armand Kafai, steven Joderand. did you guys enjoy the live show question of the day did you enjoy the live show and if if you didn't listen to it why why not
0: We're back.
2: Better than ever. Oh,
1: you know, Armand, do you think the game was entertaining from a neutral perspective? MLS Cup.
2: No, you
1: thought it was boring. I thought. Let me let me just say something. National anthem wise, that gave me chills. When
2: I don't. I love I, the Canadian national anthem when the when the crowd sings. It's beautiful. News flash: USSF. No more stupid
1: singer at our games. We want, to st- we want to do what everybody else in the world does, okay? We want to
2: sing the national anthem.
1: Ourselves. It. Nothing's more beautiful when the entire stadium sings. And God forbid. These players, put your arms around each other and make it mean like we're one team. Is What's our motto? One team, one country, whatever it is. One, one some- nation, one team. One nation, one team. No, exactly. How about we sing it as one nation? How about we act as one nation? How about we... Love each other as one nation. God, I can't stand it. Anyway, TV ratings. Apparently, we're up. All right, I'm on reading from MLSsoccer.com. Charles Baum, who we've had on the show. Um the MLS ratings for ESPN's broadcast of Toronto FC's two 0 win over Seattle Sounders in MLS Cup twenty seventeen rose seventy five percent from the twenty fifteen edition, the last time the championship game was aired on the network. Red flags all over because it does not compare last year. It only compares ESPN's numbers. And I think that's a huge mistake, and I think the number was down. Good for Well it e- was. Say again? Well it was Compared to last year.
2: Fox had a 1.0 rating.
1: Yeah. This drew a .7. There you go. But uh, in Seattle, the game averaged a 7.0 local rating, the highest ever number in a market for an MLS game on ESPN networks. Jesus. And you know what's even crazier is a ton of these top markets are not MLS. Louisville, uh. Norfolk, Portsmouth, Newport, Raleigh, Durham, Indianapolis, uh Austin, Birmingham, Memphis, Philadelphia. However, it's yeah, kinda weird. Columbus is on the list, and so is Austin. Hashtag save the crew? Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there. Um and the funny thing is the point seven mark was reached in in two thousand and twelve when the ALA Galaxy hosted the Houston Dynamo. So it, it wasn't like this was some sort of magical number.
2: I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. I think when they when they stop simulcasting the games on ABC, they they're gonna they're they're gonna lose ratings somehow. Yeah. And also, these games do take a hit because you have some watch parties and people like me who are streaming the match. Um, they don't count that in there, and I think the streaming would. Be a yeah, lot who, actually. Who,
1: I honestly, the, the streaming's nonsense because for for the number that matter, you need to put it in prime time and on a freaking cable network. ABC, the Fox broadcast of MLS Cup was awesome last year, 2016. This year
2: was it was just bad. Fox did a really great job with MLS Cup last year. They really pushed it, and I think I knew this was MLS Cup. I was excited. The people were excited that I knew. This year, I mean, like I told people it just I don't felt think like it, you I don't think you'd know that there yeah. was an MLS Cup.
1: It just felt like it came and left, you know, and, and just like the you know, from regular season to postseason to off season, it just no consistency there's no flow, so it was there's no hype. None. But uh it was just aggravating. And then today you get to all these trades. And I, we have to hit the big one because he was on the show. Walker Zimmerman headed to LA in the black and gold. LAFC. Yeah.
2: Big, big trade from for both clubs. Yeah, and especially because our first guest. I mean it kinda hits home. <laughs> but um <laughs> to be <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. No, I mean hey, uh, sorry, listeners, we had to take a, a a quick pause and Armand is really bad with the coming back. So um, i right, just... all right, all right.
2: yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Gonna... Gonna...
1: But Walker Zimmerman who was on the show, sad to see him go because he was a great guy, great community guy. Uh it's a step up for him. I'm if I'm him, I'm freaking partying right now. I'm shooting off fireworks, getting over, sh- open up the champagne. You're going into an environment with a freaking awesome soccer stadium with Bob Bradley as your freaking head coach in LA, a market that is not necessarily the greatest sports market. But let me tell you, they're going to be – you're going to be played in prime time quite a bit. You're going to be on the national network. This is by no means an L for Walker Zimmerman.
2: Oh, yeah. If Walker Zimmerman, I think you're excited. I mean, you get to go to a team. You get to be a part of his project. I mean, and man, the way LAFC have been marketing and spending their money, I mean, it's, it's a good move. I really think it's a good move for both sides in my opinion. Um, we see FC Dallas – Walker Zerman, Oscar, it just wasn't working out throughout the season. And you, you see him being shipped for a top spot in the allocation order and a lot of allocation money, a lot of TAM and a lot of GAM. Um, so it's a good move, I think, for both sides. I think a lot of people are saying, oh, Estelle's got fleeced, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't believe that. I think they need to move on from Walker. Well, and for LAFC, yeah. you, need, you get to solidify uh, your starting center back,
1: hopefully. And, I mean, Walker Zimmerman is on the radar for national team. I, I mean, he was supposedly in the Gold Cup roster, you know, pool, you know, to, to compete with them, but he got hurt. So, and then I think there was a little bit of a falling out with Oscar Pereira. I, I You know, not playing consistently, too many mental breakdowns. Pereira was like, you know what, sit your ass on the bench. I do. And the thing is, Walker Zimmerman, first off, I want to say he's a great guy. Um... Great guy. Yeah, and in this has nothing to do with his personality. It just has to do with you know on the field.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I just wanted to. Say, he's a great guy. Great guy in the locker room. All my favorite people. fair people to talk to. But we we gotta be honest here. Walker has been prone to make really really dumb mistakes in really really important matches. And you're just sitting there, like, why would you do that? He is a he's a good, great, good player with some very good potential. That just makes such dumb mistakes at times, and you're like, why? Why is that? <laughs> An example, I think it was Seattle. Yes, Seattle. Uh, their, their second leg, second just, leg. Didn't cry. I, didn't he he's play. playing around, playing around the back, and he just the ball taken away, and he got scored on. And he's done that so many times. And Atlanta, oh my goodness, when they played uh, Atlanta to open up the stadium. I mean, Atlanta's a great team. Don't get me wrong, but Walker got destroyed that game. And his confidence was just down. And for Dallas, I think it was time for him to move on. Um, for LA, I think you're getting a guy on the cheaper because of his performance in his form recently. But a guy, at, when he's at his best, is a top MLS center back. Now, the question is, what is Dallas going to do with that top spot in the allocation order? Because that means they can go after a player that was uh, a, a it's a national team player overseas overseas and a, a player that was sold from MLS for over 500000 So I think that means Christian Pulisic is coming to FC Dallas, guys. <laughs> uh, but realistically, realistically.
1: Let's, let's be some Kenyan guy or some Chinese guy from the Chinese Super League. That's who let's, FC let's, Dallas let's, is going to sign.
2: Let's be realistic. And um, Buzz Carrick actually made a very good list of four players that Dallas might go after. Um, and, I, and out of that list, which he mentioned – were uh, Omar Gonzalez Jorge Villafania Jose Valencia and Fabian Castillo I think I think I think the the player that they're most likely a target has to be Fabian Castillo this guy isn't playing in Turkey he provides them with the width that they need on the left hand side. A lot of people say Maro okay, Diaz but, is the way they're wait. so. Pause for a listen, second. Listen, listen let, me, let me finish. Okay, there is people say Maro Diaz is one of the reasons why the t- offense is so good, and I agree he is. I think Fabian Castillo is better than him, and also is a a lot more of a threat. And they they weren't balanced. If, if you saw the, I did an article on this about their about their passing charts. They were, there was so much on the right. They would attack almost not like oh, it's probably seventy, eighty percent of attackers through the right-hand channel, because Lamar would shift in more centrally. With Fabian Castillo, you get that width, you get that pace, you get that uh, playmaker, you get that creativity. So why not bring him back? I'm sure Oscar would love to have him back. I mean, if he left on those weird terms, so what? If you, you want a player well, why, that makes wait, you wait, wait, look, wait look why get Why get rid of your center back to bring in some guy who's going to score
1: goals? I get it. Golden score is good, but he's burnt the bridge with the fan base. It's not an interesting name. It's only interesting to Dallas and the Dallas people. Omar Gonzalez has a
2: little bit more of a buzz, but go get somebody else. Who do you you want them to get the top order? You want them to get Fabian Johnson? Is he playing? I thought he had signed a new contract with Borussia Mönchengladbach. Exactly. So you have you have, to be re- you have to be realistic with your options. The top spot in the allocation order has me thinking that they want to go after Fabian Castillo. Now, why Fabian Castillo? Like I said, he is the missing problem. Everyone says Diaz, Diaz, Diaz. Mauro Diaz, is a fantastic player, but this guy Fabian Castillo is the reason why Dallas was so good. In, and that, this is- in the What's funny, what's funny, what's funny,
1: Armand, is you know Dallas was was supposed to be playing Toronto in MLS Cup.
2: Exactly. Now, now look at them. part. and part of the and part of the reason was they could never get someone going to that left hand side center back. I feel like is a position that is okay. This is, this might sound a little conceited. It's easy to fill. Does
1: that make sense? Well, you still have hedges back there, but I don't. I don't want to make this FC Dallas podcast. I know I,
2: I don't, but I'm just saying that it's the biggest trade, almost probably the biggest trade of the day. No, uh, it, no, it
1: absolutely track. is, and there's a couple more interesting trades to go yeah, on. Yeah, let's discuss. Go, um, go through. Let's go but it's that, that, really interesting. I mean, granted, we're a Dallas-based podcast, and we had you know Zimmerman on the show, so you know it's gonna be sad to see him leave. Hey,
2: good luck, Walker, man.
1: Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Um, let, let, I want to talk about Kai Kamara going to Vancouver because Vancouver needed scoring options, so this should be interesting. And New England receives Vancouver's natural first round pick in the twenty seven nineteen Super gra- uh, Draft conditional second oh, we can round watch pick. That. Blah blah blah. I honestly I I hate these freak. I just hate trades left and right. It's a pain in the ass to deal with. But the Revs are interested in bringing Eric Lehigh from nonnam F-
2: Forest. So if we're talking about this, Kyle Kumar didn't have the best year at the Revolution, but we know his potential. He's a damn good player. I think going to the White will be really interesting to see. He fits their playing style. Target man can hold up play. I think it's a good fit for. I think it's a great fit for Vancouver, honestly. Um, I I really do. I think he's a guy a, a guy they need, and I think he fits Call Robinson's system well. Yeah, well, you know, Kamara,
1: um, nineteen goals and fifty-two appearances for the Revs didn't necessarily bring the juice that you know when he signed when they signed him. I think this is the revs moving in, but I think this is also with, you know, head coach Brad Friedel. God, is that going to be weird saying that? Um, <laughs> I think it's kind of clearing house. There's something going on. The question is can they bring some players in? Because when they did, I want to remind people when Jermaine Jones came, the attendance for Eastern Conference final was 32,000. There is a fan base up there. Uh, Rob Stone. Even tweeted something about it. Once they get a stadium, this is a top five market in American soccer. And I 100% agree. It's not because I'm from Boston. It it's, is. It's because I genuinely think they do. The U.S. men's national team played there. Jonathan Kraft is on the expansion board. They. I hope they realize, crap, if we want to be – I mean think about how they transformed the Patriots from this laughingstock of the NFL to the second most valuable franchise. That's what they need. To, they need to have the same mindset with the revs, Armand. And in trading Kamara, I think it's just trying to clear house and getting rid of some bad voodoo. Or I, I think he he wasn't necessarily the best guy for the team because he came out. Uh, there was some sort of beef, you know, with the coaching staff or with um, among the players or something went on behind the scenes there.
2: I really like Kamara as a player. I think it's a good goal scorer. I think he'll fit in well with Vancouver. But I do agree that they that new revolution needs to move on, and at times they need to move on and cl- clear some house. And I think it's well with have for, the, the, you know, and they have Na- Then they still have Namath. Am I, am I correct? Chris uh, Christian Namath, the Hungarian striker, mm-hmm. and he's a very quality forward. We saw that in his days at SKC. Now, what system is Brad Friedel going to put in? We don't know. We don't well, know. And, but and yeah, and like, the thing is. They
1: have a DP spot open, so they could get Lehigh. I just would like for them to have a little
2: more firepower. I just – I wish I, – I mean Lehigh – okay, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Call me crazy. I think America has enough quality defenders that DP defenders shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, I, I'm,
1: I'm a little tired of of always having to get an older a U.S. player that plays at some club in Europe.
2: How about Is go- that a wrong mentality to have though? Like – I feel like MLS has a lot of quality defenders that a DP defender is almost I – mean, I, just, I just feel like it's it's a waste.
1: No, I – here's my problem. is it, it it doesn't create buzz.
2: And that's what a DP is almost for. It's, I mean, yeah. I know it's for like creating a better team and whatnot. But, I mean, outside of Tim Howard, if you got any other DP goalkeeper – Tim Howard is not the best goalkeeper at MLS. I think we all know that. He's not even top ten. We all know that. Top ten. So, He's not top so, ten. Not yeah, top so ten. So why not top so, ten. So so why do we so why would you spend a DP spot? Because he brings in Buzz. But Eric Lehigh doesn't bring in buzz.
1: I could care less for Eric Lehigh. Same thing with Omar Gonzalez.
2: Go find That's somebody awesome. else. I feel like would bring in buzz, but at the same time, I just don't feel like. Why do you need this center back DP? Why don't well, you go? Why, yeah, why not you go for like a a player like Grezo? Look how good Grazo has been. Well, he y- didn't produce buzz, but I mean, the same time, He's been he's been a great addition. I don't think you need an aging US guy. Exactly, and
1: and and what what some of these clubs don't realize is where's the firepower? Where are the best players? They all play. I don't. They all sit in front of goal and score. That's typically where your firepower. And a lot of people don't get excited for some man, some six foot three guy sitting in the back line clearing balls. That's not gonna create buzz. That's not gonna give you the fizz. Okay? That's just the reality of it. It's a very important role. I get it. But I bet you could find somebody off the streets, some college kid, to plug and play. Get somebody up front because that's what's gonna ger-
2: generate. I mean, I mean, look at Dallas' defense. You have. Uh, Matt Hedges and Walker Zimmerman, both from uh, both drafted. Um, if you look uh, at Toronto's backline, you have Drew Moore and Chris Mavinga. Not the most flashiest names, not your DPS. If you look, you have Roman Torres and um, Chad Marshall. Chad Marshall and Chad Marshall's been a serviceable a serviceable guy. I mean, you can you can you can even. I mean, I mean what? Uh, Columbus has a Jonathan Mensa, and he hasn't even been that good. Uh, for uh, uh, for them, uh, center back wise, Atlanta doesn't even have deep, doesn't have DP center backs. I mean, I just don't understand what's the point of getting a DP defender. I just DP defender, or DP goalies, stupid, I feel stupid, like stupid, it's just, stupid. It doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I mean, there's we have there's plenty of those within the American system that do a good job. Yeah, and and you can find somebody in the
1: USL. I don't know, figure it out. Just spend the money where it counts. And that's scoring goals. Anyway, other moves. Kenwin Jones with a a ton of players moving
2: across here. But going to Sporting KC. This deal was weird because this deal literally has zero meaning for any of the players involved. This is a deal for SKC to strategically move because if – so for international players, you need to have – uh, you need to you need to protect at least three of them if you have six. It's how many international spots you have divided by two. So KC cut down on their international spots. So now they don't have to protect two of the international players. And they brought they uh, trade players, brought in players I already cut, so it won't affect them. They can leave them unprot- they can leave them unprotected. Doesn't matter. It's just a great way by Peter Vermees to circumvent. This is credit to the. Uh, uh, this is a sporting Kansas City blog I forgot the name of it they explained it very thoroughly I will retweet the link on my Twitter and you can go check it out but it's very it's very um it, it's very interesting high try to circumnavigate. System. there's nothing to do with Kevin Jones he's retired trust me they're not going to get him back there you go uh what about Houston
1: trading with Arthur Chicago. Alvarez
2: man yes. I, he's a good he's a good player he's a good player he's a little older but he's a good player i think it's a welcome addition and Hopefully on the front of Houston news they actually do re- I hope they retain Albert Elise. They're in uh, talks with Monterrey who actually finished runners up in the Liga MX tonight in the uh, Apertura final against Tigres lost 3-2 and aggregate. Um they they're in talks with trying to get Elise in a full time. I really hope they do. He's a fantastic player for the league.
1: Well there you have it listeners. Another episode in the books. This was episode 25, Ramon.
2: Yeah, can you believe that? And before we go I just want to say a few things. Oh boy! Oh, here we go. First off, the Liga MX final was much more entertaining than the MLS final. Love that hot take. Not hot takes, the truth. Um, secondly, I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning into our show. Um, our live show went really, really well, and I'm glad we've a ton of great feedback. We, we've created a, a little, a, a little, a little buzz, and we we hope to provide you that and. I just wanted to uh, talk about also uh, the USSF Pre- uh, elections coming up. I will be done with school for a month starting Tuesday, and so, Steve will be done with school shortly, correct?
1: Yeah, next week. I still have a week to go. So
2: we're going to do deep dives on USSF Pre- uh, president race, and we're going to try to give you the best the best coverage pos- uh, possible because we really do care about this race. And me and Steven have gone back and forth for the last – for the last couple weeks just back and forth talking about this uh this election throughout our uh studying and whatnot we we really we really care we want to see um so, uh, some change within uh u.s soccer there's been a huge debate going on between what's this what's that and we'll be sure to give you the best coverage we're also uh working on uh, bringing on a few big guests oh yes so yeah so be on the lookout for that we're really excited we didn't have time to do it throughout the school year we've been busy our schedule's been conflicting we meet at sunday nights i mean come on but um yeah so we have really big stuff coming for you guys and
1: um we're looking at yeah we have a special announcement we might be uh a small surprise might be adding somebody to the show as a yeah uh, behind the scenes help but you know i just wanted to tease that and uh I also wanted to say, yeah, thank you for uh, to the listeners and a big shout-out to uh, Brian and Ethan again for helping us out, set up the live stream. Uh, that was awesome. Great work behind the scenes from them. And just, once again, I want to give them a big shout-out. But listeners, we'll be back next week. Uh we'll MLS, back. It, and I forgot to even mention on the show, I want to cut the music almost, but MLS Expansion Draft is going on, Armand. So be on the look, uh, you know, follow Twitter feeds because players are going to be making switches.
2: Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be some FC Dallas news conference this week, so maybe yeah. we'll see a big signing.
1: There we go. See Oodos. you, listeners.